Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 327. I'm your host, Blaine Putvey, and I'm joined now by my co-hosts, Treg Wilson. Hello. And Matt Smith. Good evening. So here we are recording live on YouTube post-game after the Carolina Hurricanes versus Montreal Canadiens. And we're doing so to make sure that Matt is actually available because somehow he finds a way to work all day long which is impressive considering he's air force that's very true yeah something Matt, you about are being the only guy to sign shit or i don't know you are by far the hardest working air force guy i've ever met <laughs> oh thank you by far yeah. <laughs> thank you like not even close like <laughs> you worked yesterday more than i've seen anyone ever work and i think you only went into work for an hour but the point i'm making is <laughs> only 13 <laughs> like by far yeah 13 yeah, it, yesterday 13 today it's all good <laughs> it's like one of those you know that meme where the uh, the guy he's popping the champagne but he's like 15 rows down yeah that's the other air force guys putting in 10 minutes of work yeah yeah <laughs> and you're way up there <laughs> I put that bolt back on. Woo! Maybe call my maybe, union. Maybe uh, aircraft, as an airplane workers, just work more than helicopter guys. Because we got to admit, plane, we're only really around helicopter guys. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, Very helicopter point. guys though, they're like, "What the hell's the plane shake? Why why is the chopper shaking so much?" It's like eh. <laughs> they don't care. No, until they're in it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the game, some random stuff, and uh, be pretty much it for today's episode. So, Carolina pulls off the big come from behind win in a shootout after what, what was it, six shooters? Seven? I don't understand why they just didn't put KK as the first guy. And the overtime shootout. Because you know it was coming. You knew yeah. it was coming. They should have just went, okay, we're tied up after the three-man. Now it's the sudden death over. Hey, just put KK on the ice. You knew he was going to score. You knew it. There's there's only so many uh, guarantees in life. Death, taxes, a francophone goalie pitching a shutout in Montreal, uh, a rookie scoring his first NHL goal, and somehow a former player fucking over the Habs. Suzuki Suzuki shoot Suzuki scoring in a shootout. Devorak <laughs> going to <laughs> Devorak going to his backhand. Devorak going to his backhand. <laughs> and missing. And missing. Yeah. Drew and getting all the applause to win it and shooting it right into his pads. Yeah. I felt bad for him because he couldn't even score in the shootout. After he played a great game too. That's the thing. I mean he deserved to go game. out there. 
he had a good game. He scored the other night, yeah. but uh, I don't know. I, uh, I feel bad. I didn't feel bad. I didn't care less. for him. I felt bad for him. <laughs> well, but honestly, though, that that game, despite the fact that uh, you know that guaranteed win happened for Carolina, the t- the tank crew are happy. There, the mm, they're semi happy. They're semi happy. They did get a point. They got a point. Yeah, but they lost, so they're happy about that. Correct. And the non-tank crew is happy because they lost, but they actually they played a great game. They were in the game the yep. whole time, and it was exciting. So Against a very, very good hockey team. Carolina's a good team. Well, that Montreal, if you if you look at the way Carolina plays and the way Montreal plays, it Montreal should have lost like 4 1. Really. It should have been like that when we were calling the New Jersey game and they ended up winning. Like they should have lost 4 1 at least. Yeah. I'll say props to Jake Allen. He played a fantastic game. He did that. Unbelievable. What is and, it? And, and, and he's and he's been consistently playing well. Uh, 923 save in the game with uh, 36 saves. Yeah. So Montreal's in six from the bottom, four points out of fifth. Woo! Which Arizona has. Yeah. That's the updated. Here we are at uh, the bottom. And everyone but Columbus and Arizona have won a game, and Montreal's won, lost three straight. Four straight. Well, well three, three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Yeah, it says three here. I'm just going by what I'm reading. Sure. Maybe, maybe they didn't update this yet. I don't know. I don't think they did. Is they lost to the Ducks, lost to the loss. Kings, lost to the Ducks, lost to the Kings, lost to the Knights. Now lost to the Canes. Yeah, and in each one of those games, it's all one goal losses. All one goal they games. Close, yeah. So games. technically, well, they're tied so with. They're tied with Vancouver for six if they because they would have one more point then. So they'd be five points away from fourth. And they have a game in hand on Vancouver. So technically they're in seventh. No, they're still in yeah. But you look at their their uh their schedule going through the month of March, it is brutal. It is, but I still think they stay sixth. I don't think they dropped with the bottom five. Just because they dropped to five, just because I think Anaheim, Arizona, Columbus, Chicago, and San Jose are going to be just as bad. Well, as we record, he's got uh, as as we record, um, Colorado's currently playing San Jose. There's 10 20 left in the second period, it is five nothing for Colorado, and shots are 27 to six. So there's a chance. (laughs) There's a chance, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, if they drop the bottom five, great. If they don't, don't care. Yeah. Well, I think it's more Arizona you got to keep an eye on at this point. I don't think the Canadians are going to slip any further than fifth. Yeah. From the bottom. No. Right we're... now, I'm right now I'm looking at Florida because I was really hoping that that pick would end up turning into a home run. You know what? It still could, but uh... can. It still can, but Florida's winning games. They're, I think they're six and four in their last ten. They won again tonight. Now they're right? five and before tonight. They're well. I don't know if this updated tonight, but they're five and five according to this in their last. Right. So and, they have, and they have one win, but I don't know. Right. I don't know if it's updated that game or not. I just don't know. I think I they're know. they're just outside the playoffs, looking in. I think it's the fifteenth pick or something like that right now. 
me see. It should be it should be twelve. They were twelve. Yeah. And they are now. Fourteen. Well, fourteen, go. but from twelve to uh, eleven to fourteen, sixty-eight point. They all of them got sixty-eight points. So. so it's very it's very possible that they can get either the eleventh or the fifteenth. Either way, that that range is still a very still, good player. still a good spot to get a good player, especially for Ben Sherrod. They're technically only three points from tenth. Yeah. It's funny how we're saying 10th and 5th and that we're talking about the bottom, not the top. Yeah. 10th <laughs> oh, yeah. from the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> when you're tanking, yeah, you got a different perspective. They'll it's still pay, they'll still they'll still get a good player there. They'll still get a good player. I'm not I'm not too I'm not too concerned. Nah, me neither. I've got some oh. I got some information on the draft, but I'm going to keep it for later. We'll get into that a little after. Uh, what I want to talk about is the game. I want to talk about this Habs Hurricanes game. And I want to start with the defense. So there wasn't a lot of defense per se. Um, it was fairly wide open, but the Canadians defensive core were highly engaged in the, in the transition game and into the offense. I mean, Matheson had yet another unbelievable game and it was just a track meet. The only thing I didn't like about Masson is when he tried to do a spinorama as an overtime and he pretty much just did it right into somebody. Like, which one, the first or the 17th? I just like he, we did the first one and he kind of got away from him, but then the guy went, Oh, you're doing a spinorama. He just went like that. He kind of ran into him. And then the second one, he did it with two guys standing right next to him and he kind of just spun into the two of them. And I just thought, and he had a wide open guy on the other side. Like, I don't know. You should have just passed. I didn't mind that as much as I, I didn't, I disliked the no look drop pass near the end of the overtime. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, Math- the spinorama, he kept the puck. He did. And, and he, you know, he used his speed and he used his uh, ability to uh, puck handling that ability, puck moving ability to get into the zone. And I, I like Matheson. I, I think he's uh, I mean, I had someone on Twitter tell me he was the worst player ever, worst defenseman on the team. And then when I put out the stats, he's like, when I put the stats out, I asked him if he read the stats and he goes, did you? So I put them all out. And he's first, second, or third on the Canadian in every offensive category. And then he went, well, have you watched him? Oh, okay. We're, <laughs> do- we're doing this now. <laughs> so, yes, but yes, I've I, watched him. Yes. He has some defensive liabilities to him, which most offensive defensemen do. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you watched Tyson Berry play defense? <laughs> not that bad no have you watched eric gustas have you watched shane have you watched shane gustas fair play defense (laughs) but uh i thought that's i like madison i think it's a great game i think he he infuses a lot of uh i think he's made the power play better you can see the power play moves more and it has more control when it's in the zone they may not be putting in the in the net a lot but they the it looks good it doesn't look like a bag of shit like it did at the uh first of the season um, and that's what he's there for. So, I mean, if you're going to sit there and say, oh, well, he's this, def- this defensively. Yeah, sure. But he also brings us PK Subban was the same way. That's why he was always matched up with Josh George's or, uh, uh, Lexi Emelin, um, because they needed someone 
more responsible in the defensive zone. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that setup. And I'm fine with an offensive defenseman being like that. Now, if you look at his stats, I mean, he he played almost 28 minutes in that game, which is impressive. Uh, and then you look at the possession stats. Corsi, he got, he got pummeled. He got pummeled on the Corsi. Uh, he's under 40% there. Gave up 32 Corsis against, so 32 shot attempts against. Five of those were high danger chances. So what that's telling me is that they're giving up a ton of shots but most of them are from the outside. So to me, that shows that he's doing his job. I agree, but you also got to think they're playing against one of the best possession teams in the league in Carolina. Exactly. You have to take that into account. You have to. Now, he was was by far the leader on the blue line. Uh, The next in time on ice is David Savard. You can imagine Which is how his beat up his possession numbers are. <laughs> yeah. I like Savard. Savard is he he's an ideal third pairing defender. Yeah. I, I think but I like he's the fact, on the top pair. I think I like the fact that he's taking these top pair minutes and he's just going with it. He is. And he's he's playing his ass off. Yep. He is playing his ass off. Yeah. It's With really, no too, it, it's it's really too bad that like Gooley came back and got injured as quick as that he did because he he looked great in the couple of games that he played, and it really kind of took the defensive pairs and kind of solidified who was with who. Now all of a sudden, like Barron's injured, Widewin comes back in the lineup, and it just, it just, it just makes a glaring hole. Because it seems that because yeah. he, he hasn't had a good year and we know that he hasn't had a good year and it kind of like, it doesn't really matter who they pair him with. It just brings that pairing down. So it's like so low. You're talking Weidman. Yeah. Weidman's the exact opposite of what he was last year. Yes. Yeah. Exact opposite. Yeah. It's like almost like he played for a contract, got the contract and then didn't give a shit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 and he hasn't it's, it's, played it's much. And it's too bad. He's a, he's a waiver guy next year. He hasn't played much. Yet. Like he, At least the year before, he, he was in the lineup steady. Yeah. He, he got into a rhythm. Yeah. This season, he's in, he's out. He doesn't know where, what position he's in, yeah. you know, if he's going to be playing power and, and, play or not. And, like, and, he was a weapon, and he was a weapon on the power play. Yeah, but not this year. No. Oh, he's terrible this year. He's he's like Mike Huffman. He's where pucks go to die. Well, kinda. Or what Dadanov was like when he was in Montreal. It's a three zero one. They give the puck to Dadanov, and no one knows what happens to the puck. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's sitting on the bench. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I find Mike Huffman's a lot like that. Like, yes, he'll score your goals, like he did tonight, but. I find the play dies on a stick a lot. It does. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And I find that with oh, well. Weidman. I find that with Weidman's this year. And and maybe you're right, Blake. Maybe it's because he's not in a rhythm. He can't, you know, when he only plays once every six or seven games. Mind you, he just came back from an injury too. So yeah. give him that. And he but, is a regular scratch. So yeah. But you also have other younger players that are playing a lot better than him that deserve the ice time more than him. 
and they got it. True. And, and now he's in the lineup out of necessity because you're mm-hmm. missing, you're missing Baron, you're missing Jackal, you're missing Ghoulie. So, yeah. Well, you know who's an unfortunate. Do you know who quietly has gone invisible? Jordan Harris. Yeah, he had that great, he kind of had that really good game. And then lately he's just kind of been like, eh. but I'm not saying that as that is a bad thing. That's true. Yeah. That's you, thing. Yeah. That, that, if you I, don't hear I, from a, if you don't hear from a defenseman, usually just, means they're doing okay. You just don't hear any. I'm just, that's what I mean. He quietly kind of went invisible. He's not really making any glaring mistakes, but he's not really making any plays either. Right. Well, he, he made a couple of plays in this game where he was able to break up offensive scoring chances. Yeah. He's, you know, like cross ice, he'd dive across, knock down pucks. Uh, he won a ton of board battles. He outmuscled guys like Svechnikov, who are big, big, big monsters, because apparently um, size is still a factor in the NHL. I know it's shocking to hear, but it's still there. Size was skill. So, what was your guys' thought on that when he hit when he hit Anderson? Anderson gave Anderson gave um, Anderson gave uh, Gosses Bear a nudge. He fell down like he was shot and was out there on the next power play. And Sveshnikov came in and interfered worse than what Svesh, uh, than what than what Anderson did. No, and there's only one Anderson. Call Anderson got called for what he he deserved that call, even he though Gottesbear dove. Oh yeah, it's still an interference. But yeah, yeah I agree. Sveshnikov should have gotten one too. Yeah, should have been coincidental. One hundred. I think I think that's the issue with officiating. Once they call the one penalty, very rarely do they call an after penalty. Yeah. Even with diving, you want to make sure you're punished. Even with diving, right? Even even with diving, that I find they're really like it has to be blatantly obvious. Like it has to be a a, a Tim Stutzel type fucking <laughs> Olympic event for them to call it. Um. So like, I, I think that needs the, to get splashed is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the issue yeah. there. So yes, Anderson deserved an interference call on his hit. Sveshnikov did too. However, the call was already made on Anderson. So the referee's not going to sit there and go, well, you know, I already made the call on you and that's it. They, they deserve the power play, right? Cause you, you're the one that did it first. Another thing I find funny is you can't punch a guy while skating on the ice, but once the whistle blows, you can punch each other in the face all you want. Not a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> it's tradition. And if it, if there's anything in this game that we follow, it's tradition. Yeah. The, the one thing I don't want to follow it. The one thing I will say that was a positive in this game, um, the fourth line. Yeah, they played a really strong yeah, game. They played uh, a really strong game. And Pezzetta had pass a... over to Pezzetta. Yeah. yeah. That was a beautiful. great pass. Yeah. And, uh, Pazetta saved a goal too when uh, Allen made that huge, huge uh, uh, Bill Ranford sliding over, stack the pads type save. Uh, Pazetta kept the puck from going into the empty net when it came out front. So, uh, you know. Well, for playing the least of any player, he um, he was one of the most noticeable players on the ice yeah. for the right reasons. Yeah, I thought he had a great game. Yeah. Wasn't he like the first or second star or something i use first star yeah 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 but uh yeah Uh, even yalonen i found played a very strong game 
Oh, that shot he had that went off the post. That was yeah. a beautiful, beautiful. And and this is what I'm saying when it comes to Yolen. He has an excellent shot to him. He's probably, I want to say, second to Caulfield on the team for a hard, accurate shot. The problem is, is he doesn't have the confidence to use it all, all the time. I find that he sometimes is a step behind to. defensively as well. Yeah. He still, he still needs to learn that aspect of the game. He's getting better at it. But that second, but that second goal when everyone went to his side and he should have skated down, he was very late getting to that, and Shea ended up having a wide open net to shoot at. Right? I think it's the uh, the speed of the NHL that he's still getting used. Yeah, to. I think so. Yeah, because it it is faster than the AHL. Like absolutely, yeah. I've seen a couple AHL games, and you watch an NHL game, two totally different. You you don't think it's that much of a difference, but it is. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know who else has been quietly playing solid game and no one's really talking about him? Kovacevic. Yeah. Yeah. Had that, he didn't, had, uh, had that force he, to fight the other night. Yeah, that which was, was bullshit. bullshit. Which is bullshit, yeah. How dare you throw a clean hit? Yeah, but, but you're right. He's 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 uh, jumped up into the offense every now and then, showing a little bit of uh, – that offensive flair and you know for a big guy he can he's uh he's got pretty good uh skating ability but he's been more solid defensively other than a couple little mishaps that he's made but nothing yeah too glaring that's more matchups for him because yeah. he's a third pairing type yeah. and the the errors he made were up against the line of uh, aho's line right. essentially yeah and uh, yeah it's not you know aho's no slouch Former Montreal Canadian, Sebastian yeah. Ajo. Yeah. I think Kovacev has been the most consistent defenseman on the team all year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I can see I, that. I love how Greg Button made it well known that this fighting after a good hit got to stop. Yeah. Actually, since things happen in real time, I kind of get it. You know what I mean? Like players see a big hit and they're like, you know what? I'm going to, he can't do that to our players. However, this is what the instigating penalty was brought in for. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Stuff like this. So if you get, you lay a big hit on a guy, whether it's uh, whether it's dirty or not, or you know, headshot or not, if the guy comes in to fight you after the hit, it should be an automatic instigating penalty. Automatic. Automatic. Well, it's supposed to be. Well, that's that's what I'm saying, but it, they don't do that. It's just all right. Two, you guys are fighting. It wouldn't have been a fight if he would have just said, "Okay, that was a big hit." Shit, I hope my guy's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I don't know. Like Romanov. Romanov had to do it all the time. Jack Eye. Of course, Jack Eye doesn't. Jack Eye doesn't do it as much as other people do because people don't really want to fight Jack Eye. So. When he lays a big hit, it's usually the the Cassians or the Simmons on the bench is going, I'm going to get you later because they weren't on the ice because they only play like three minutes a game. But <laughs> yeah, they stay the hell away from him. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Jack. Now, there, there was a big historic event in this game. The Canadians won a goalie interference call. I was going to bring that up earlier. I was I was like, that was the biggest win of the season. 
I didn't think it was going to, I honestly didn't think it was going to be called. I thought they were going to say, because when I watched it, I was like, he didn't try to get out of the way. I think it is goalie interference. However, the defenseman was kind of pushing him. The defenseman was there. So that's what they're going to say. And even though it looks like he literally spears Allen with his head. um, And he did with the stick too. And uh, they call it, I was was shocked. I thought to, I thought to myself, they're wearing red jerseys. They're playing in Montreal. <laughs> There's no way that they're going to call this back. <laughs> I wonder if I was surprised I wonder, as well. One. I was surprised as well. I wonder if Martin St. Louis does that. Should we go for this? Because they're not going to call it. <laughs> yeah. We know we're right. Yeah. I, I, I did. He was I, making on the bench. I did like, uh, was this? Um, Sergio Mameso made the call saying that is the, uh, the, the two most fit coaches going against each other tonight. He's probably right. <laughs> well, they just stopped playing, what, 10 years ago, maybe? Hey, both of those guys could probably jump on the they ice. Could, and... They could probably jump on the ice and <laughs> yeah. play right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Montreal has another injured player, and St. Louis getting dressed. <laughs> player coach at, like uh, at this, Bo at Blake this, was. At this point, he'd be a top, he'd be on the top line with, Saint, with, uh, with Suzuki. And probably still get yeah. 20 points. Probably, yeah. Per game, because yeah. I think Montreal. <laughs> I think Montreal. Sh- I think Montreal should sign Yager. <laughs> Just bring him back. He's still playing. He's he still playing. With, he's, playing with, he's playing with Plekinex over there in yep. uh, Czech uh, Czech Republic. Yep. Bring him over here. Give him. Give him the rest of the season. Play with the Habs. I, I bet he gets ten points. I can see it. <laughs> sure. Now. You want to go back to the draft? You want to talk about draft? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Sure. Why not? It's it's what's on people's minds right now. Yeah. And apparently what's on their mind is that the Canadians have messed up the draft. Uh Oh, six. Yeah. A few months in advance. They picked the wrong guy already. Yeah. Bastards. Do they know who they're picking? No. Yeah, of course. they. By they, I mean the fans. Nick Bobarov already has his guy picked. It doesn't matter where he's going to be at the end of the year. This guy could drop to 32 and they're still going to pick this guy. The tallest guy in the draft is getting picked. That's right. Done. Because it's all about size. That's the only reason why they pick Slav. Yep. Who should have been in Laval. Let's forget that they were actually developing his away from the puck skills at the NHL level and not his with the puck skills, which has been documented many times by the coaching staff and Adam Nicholas. But let's ignore all that because he only had four goals and like eight points or 10 points, wherever the hell it was. Yeah. I mean, personally, I could care less if he went to Laval. Great. He stayed in Montreal. I'm okay with that too. Why? Because I don't run the fucking team. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they have more knowledge and more experience with this shit than I do. Probably. Just saying. But, you know, he was he was totally picked first overall just because he's big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yep. It's the only reason. Had nothing to do with his attitude. Had nothing to do with his. Uh, um, what was the statement that he made? Oh, uh, I don't care 
I may not be the best guy in the draft now, but I just want to prove, I don't care where I get picked in the draft, but I want to prove to everyone that I'll be the best pick in the draft. Yeah. I like that attitude. And don't get me wrong. I don't mind Shane Wright's attitude either of, I think I deserve to be the number one pick. It's just two different philosophies. Yeah. And I can understand why they picked Slavkovsky size with, with skill together, not just big dude, mm, pick big guy. But here's my question. If they don't get doctor, they pick Slavkovsky. I say no. I, you know, going into the draft, we and we made it very clear. We thought they were going with the center. I personally believe that it was going to be the right or Cooley. I literally had a T-shirt that said "Make the right choice." Yeah, that's Slavkowski seen me wearing on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Did he point I, and laugh too? He point and laughed. I didn't wear it to the draft. I was in a, I was in a journalist semi. Uh, I was actually dress fairly nice for the draft but uh yes he pointed and laughed we're going to mclean's and he was on his way i think they were coming from mclean's to be honest with you but uh yeah. we were going in and yes which was legal because he was 18 at the time and in quebec legal drinking age is 18 just pointing that out i'm not i'm not saying he, it was daytime they could have had lunch he might not he could have had a pepsi i don't know don't care <laughs> but uh yeah so that's why i'm asking here's the question like do you think the doc trade had a factor? Cause you knew they knew two weeks before the draft there, they were in the process of doing this trade. Do you think this made it to two days the before the draft? Two days. Yes. Do you think uh, this was a factor in them picking Slavkowski? Um, No, no, I don't. What about you, Matt? Part of me wants to say yes. Because I'm wondering what their we're not going to know what their other plan was if they wouldn't have got Doc, but um, it really seemed that in all of the, um, especially all the post draft, all the coverage they talked about uh, Slavkowski, it really did seem like he was. We lost Matt. Frozen. No, so with with Doc, I th- I feel that they pulled the trigger on that trade because they went with the winger instead. I don't think that That's having possible. Doc in the back pocket was the reason why they went there. I think they followed through with the trade because they got the, the winger and not one of the centers. Because they're not going to, they're not going to base their, their draft, uh, their draft choice on a possible trade for a player who may or may not work out for them. No, I, I get that philosophy, but here, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if they knew they were getting Doc, they're like, all right, this trade's done. You know what I mean? Yada, yada, we'll announce it after the, at the draft. Mm-hmm. We're going to take Slavkowski. We don't need the center. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, Because really, no, let's I, be I, honest. I get the point. Whether you pick Wright, Cooley, Slavkowski, whoever, you don't know what you were getting. There was no guarantee you were getting a, a star player or not star player on any three of those. Even Nemec. Like, is there anyone from uh, 
that draft that actually is playing in the NHL right now? I mean, Slavkowski's injured, but Nemix is in the oh. Nemix is in the AHL. Wright's in the OHL. Uh, Cooley's in the uh, NCAA. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't believe there's anyone in the top ten. I don't think that's actually playing. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. No. Owen Beck is the other one that played a game. So right yeah, has no, what? So there's only four players that have played the NHL this year from that draft. Uh that's Slavkovsky and Beck from the Canadians. And yeah. the other two are Shane Wright, who played eight games, yeah. and Yurichek, who played two. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. So no one from yeah. like there was nobody in this draft. And if you go to other drafts, it's hard to do now because I know if you go to Hockey DB, which I think has the better draft thing, uh, it just shows <laughs> career games. But uh, if you go to other drafts, at least one or two of the top five make the NHL the next year. Um, yeah. But none of them did, and and it just goes to show. I mean. I get the point of the anti-tankers. This was the year to actually finish dead last, not last year. Uh, but it's just the way things went in Montreal. You know, I don't think Montreal went into the season thinking they were going to finish dead last. I think they went into the season thinking they had a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. It just yeah. didn't well, This year or last year? Last year. Yeah, last year. This... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last year. Now this year, we all said they're a bad team, but they're not a bottom five team. Uh, and if I think if they, they were healthy, I think if they would have stayed healthy, I think they'd be pushing maybe even not a bottom ten team if they stayed healthy. I think they'd be pushing yeah. ten to fifteen. To be honest with you, so yeah, in that range, yeah, I could see that. I didn't see that the first of the season, but with the way the de- the young defense played, the way the goaltending's been playing. And I mean, and I hate that argument. Well, goaltending stealing us games. Well, that's what goaltenders do. I'm sorry, but goaltenders stop the puck. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. not going to go out there and go, you know what? I really like that Federer kid. Oops. <laughs> I mean, maybe Montebo does that every two or three games that he has that game where he can't stop anything. But, you know, he goes back to last year's Montebo. <laughs> Yeah, every now and then. Um, but uh, I, I just hate that excuse. I hate that excuse. And the an, a lot of anti-tankers, and I don't really want to divide everyone to tankers, non-anti-tankers. I mean, everyone has the reason for why they want. I don't blame them. They want Bedard. They want Fantelli. They want maybe Mitchkoff, who I think is going to drop farther than people think. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised to see him past 15. You know what I mean? Like, they want these players, and you can't blame them. You can't blame them because they will be, hopefully, the only guarantee person that's going to make a difference is Bedard. Nobody else is going to be a guarantee. High um, chance, high chance. Like some people, well, by, I don't know, guarantee. Sure, yeah, because Bedard's probably going to be. He's at that borderline elite generational type. I think he's going to be an elite player, generational. We'll see. Borderline. I don't think he has the. I don't think he's big enough to be generational. But if he if he pulls off um, 
the Crosby training regimen where he adds a bunch of weight and it mm. gets stronger in the core and the lower, the lower legs, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sure. I can see it. He is a franchise changing player. He is a player that's going yes. to, however, once you get past Bedard and you go to Fantelli and everyone else, mm. I think they can be elite. Yes. But I wouldn't sit there and say they're guaranteed to be this type of player. I guess. Well, there's Bedard's his own tier in this draft. It's obvious. Yeah. The next tier is Fantilli, and he's the only one in that tier where I'd say that's a surefire first line center. Well, I'd say Mitchkoff's a Carl's... surefire. I think Mitchkoff's a surefire first line player. The thing with Mitchkoff um, is his contract with the KHL and whether or not he's actually going to come over from Russia. I don't know if he's so surefire top line, but top six, yeah. I would argue if, that, but okay. If he plays in the NHL. If. And that's why I think he's going to drop like a stone. Yeah. That's why Carlson is going to take uh, take that third position, I believe. Personally, really. that's, that is my favorite for the Habs to pick out of that whole thing is Carlson, but... Um, hmm. They're not going to get him <laughs> unless they get the top one of the top three picks. So, just yeah. Saying. And if they're looking at a top five, I mean, I like I like Smith. I like Moore. Um, uh, you're kind of borderlining it there, but this is where I've got some uh, some information. I've I've spoken to some NHL scouts. I've spoken to people around. And the Canadians do seem to like Dvorsky. But they could get Dvorsky with the Florida pick. They could. Maybe. That doesn't mean they're going to, you know, if they move up to five, yeah, we're getting this guy just because he's bigger than the others. Keeping in mind that Dvorsky is actually a skilled hockey player, and he is going to be a top six player. The the thing with Dvorsky is uh, he does project to be an elite producer. The problem is, is he changed this game to more of a 200-foot game than a purely offensive game. And I think that's why the Canadians have interest, because if they're going to pick a center, they're going to go – they want one that can play a good 200-foot game. Now, his 200-foot game has taken away a little bit from his offense, and that whole elite producer thing has cooled. True. And uh, I think people aren't looking at that. They're looking at, oh, well, at the first of the year, this guy was in the top five talk. But now look at him. And I think it's because, now don't get me wrong, I haven't talked to any scouts about this, but I may have talked to one or two, but I won't name any names. But uh, I think that's, from what I'm told, is he's changed his game from a purely offensive game to a 200-foot game. And it, and he's kind of taken a dip in his offensive, uh, his offensive. He has. Uh, uh, he has. And, and when he's playing against his own age group, he's dominant. You know, in the uh, he played in the uh, the junior, the, the under twenty league the for Alvin Scan. Uh, is it Elsvenskan? Is that uh, is that in the Swedish league? Elsvenskan. He's, he's with AIK. Second tier. He's with AIK. Second tier of the Swedish and, league. Yeah, he's so it's like the AHL, the Swedish league, right? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, just to put into North American terms and how their leagues but in the junior level, the the under twenty, he he's was dominant, dominant there. Yeah. Then he moves up uh, to the next level, which is the hockey Elvis scan mm. Elvis scan. I'm sorry, I can't. Mm. SHL level two. <laughs> he he's actually a very good producer there. He's about a half a point per game there, uh, playing is a third line center as a pro against men. And in the uh, the World Juniors, he was the one that carried that team for the most part. I mean, they had a couple of injuries. They were missing a few players. But I think the, the interesting part is if they do focus on getting him, the Canadians, that is, they're reuniting the most dominant Slovakian line ever assembled in junior hockey. Messer, uh, Slovakowski, and uh, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of presumption too, because they went with the two Slovakians last year. They're going to look at the Slovakian yeah. this year. Um, it's clear it's they like know you, him. They, they like him, but yeah, it's like you said, he has 14 points, 36 games with hockey. Alevinskan, Alevinskan, Patrick Brexel can teach us. We should get him on the show. He can teach us how to say. Really, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but he was very dominant in the junior junior 20 he had 10 goals in 10 games 21 points so you're absolutely right like he's dominant with his own age group and that's a good thing that just means as he grows hopefully he can stay just as dominant or just as good as he grows with people in his age group now i just got a message from matt who is trying to re (laughs) to reboot his computer uh he wanted to give us his thoughts on the slavkovsky question that you brought up yeah. Did my thoughts on Slavkovsky, part of, me, part of me believes he was their guy from day one based on how they spoke about his ability to step up when it mattered most, like we mentioned a little earlier. Mm. The talk trade may have influenced their decision, but I believe they elected to select the player that would be most NHL ready. It's interesting. That's interesting because Hugh said he wanted the guy. He wasn't picking the guy that they thought could make the NHL this year, but he kind of was because he played most of his uh, top hockey was played against ex-NHLers or people well above his age. So, uh, uh, and I don't think he played bad in Montreal. I don't think he did. He was, he was a third line player. He wasn't really putting up the points everyone thought he would put up, but I, I didn't have any, ex- of course, I didn't have any expectations on him. I wasn't going to sit here and say he's a 30, 40 point guy in his rookie season. He got what, 10, I think. Um, it is what it is. See what happens next year. Now, I want to make it very clear that the Montreal Canadiens last year at around this time we're talking about what kind of players they're looking at. And Hughes and Gorton both stated that size is a factor in the NHL. If you want a team to, if you want to win a team that can win in the playoffs, they can't all be smaller skilled guys. You need big guys with skill. Now I made the mistake of posting that thought on Twitter today. And holy shit, how dare I mention that it should not be a surprise 
that they focus on size as well as skill. Well, why are why why are they going to not pick my guy? My favorite player is smaller. They should pick him. How could they go for size? I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. But some people seem to think that by me stating that I am not surprised that they're looking at size is somehow denigrating their pick. It's not. If that's how you take it, I am sorry you see it that way, but that is not the way it is. We have to take into account reality. They're the ones that are managing the team. Like you said, Treg, they know better than most of us. They've, they're there. They're, they've got all the information at hand. They've got all the scouts there. They've got all the, all the stats, all the advanced stats. They know a little bit better. And if size is a factor in their decision-making process, we have to live with that. Well, right now, they are uh, going to pick probably around 6th or 7th. So if you go to any old uh, draft, I'll go to Sports, Sportsnet's February draft. Sorry, hockey writers. Okay. It was just, it was right there. Uh, Will it's Smith your is SEOs, guys. Will Smith is fifth. Zachary Benson is sixth. And Ryan Leonard is seventh. So with Braden Yeager and Colby Barlow, eight and nine. So let's throw them in there too. So rumor has been going around that Colby Barlow is the guy they're also looking at in the top 10. Sure. I don't think so. He's a winger. Maybe he's a right winger. They have a lot of right wingers. Um, I don't know. Zachary Benson. So Ryan Leonard, Zachary Benson are wingers as well. So, oh, who's this? Who's this coming? I think it's Matt. So if you look it's at Matt. it, it's Matt. Matt. Hi, I'm Matt. Um, <laughs> hey, Matt. Matt. Hey, guy. What's up, guy? <laughs> I got to get rid of Coach Jaco's internet. Let's just say that. <laughs> They're doing their best to get rid of you anyway. Uh, apparently. All right. So, I mean, if you're looking at size, all these all these guys are around six feet. Every single one of them. Around. Yeah. So what's, The only what... issue is Benson and Cristal are the two guys that most people are looking at right, right now. They're the flavor of the month. Yeah. And while they're about 5'10", 5'11", probably going to be about six foot when they get to the NHL, they're very, very slight. They're about 155 to 165 pounds each. Not as teenagers. Ooh. What? Teenagers you mean, that are under 180 pounds? That's just ridiculous. Unreal. I joined the, I joined the military at six foot three and 155 pounds. Have you ever heard of a sandwich before you join? <laughs> and, he, and he's now five foot six, two thirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You ever sail? Ever been to sea, Billy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm twenty seven. Yeah. <laughs> Crystal actually on this list is twenty four, so I don't see them picking Crystal, but that's the name that's been floating around for some reason. Um, yeah. I'd say Crystal's probably he's a, he's a, he's easily a top. 10 15 guy according to sports net he's 24 okay whose list is but that if they're going to be going i think sports Benson, sports net's okay. february list okay yeah. yeah benson's probably the the more likely pick around there out of those yeah. two but sam constantine by far the better player yeah i like constantine yeah i like constantine sam's a nice guy sam we were i was talking to him at the world juniors he does not think 
I, I won't say this. He'll get a lot of slack on Twitter. A certain defenseman of the Canadians he doesn't think is going to be a regular NHLer. We already talked about him, Chris Weidman. We he's had no. shit <laughs> Yes, <laughs> no. yes, Chris Weidman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we can, we his decision making size was a factor. Yeah. Size was a factor. When he was oh, five. He seven. has grown. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe I believe Zach Benson and Will Smith are going to be the two they're going to look for at what do they pick six or seven personally that's my personal feeling yeah. um, however I do see Edward Sale's name coming back into the top 10 and he's been up and down yeah. I don't think he looked good at the World Juniors but that's just me uh, but I and again here we are talking throwing names out there that next week you could have Will Smith as number three. Carlson could drop to 10. I highly doubt it. But, uh, you know, and Mitchkov, they still got Mitchkov as four. And I don't know if he gets picked in the top 10. Because the playoff performance for these players in their different leagues factors in. Yeah. And uh, that's that's just reality. We can't just be basing it on, hey, look at this highlight reel, or wow, this guy's got a lot of really cool skills that show off in the regular season. We see what regular season players can do and what they can't do in the playoffs. Sorry. Sorry about that. The Christ compels you. And it also have to okay. I'm only going to have one round of that. <laughs> you also got to take into the fact that the NCAA, AA, and the US NTDP are almost done. Yeah. Like if your team's out in the NCAA, you're done. Uh, I don't know how far the US development program goes. I don't know if they go far. They go a little bit further because if they're Do playing they? with USHL, they'll go in, I think, probably until the end of the month. Okay. Now, Matt. Because you missed a lot of the show. There's one question I want to bring to you before sure. we end this show. Sure. It has to do with the NCAA. Okay. What are the odds that the Canadians sign their two soon-to-be free agents from the NCAA? Who Farrell and Shrubel? Yeah. I'd say I'd say Farrell's more of a more of a like a more of a for sure. Uh the fact yeah. that he went to the Olympics and the fact that um He's had another very good season uh, with with Harvard. I, I think that uh, I think it's time for him to to, to take that step. And I think even it, though I he's a he, smaller player, yeah, hundred percent. I I have no issue no issue with him whatsoever. We know that uh, Cole Caulfield's really high on him, so bring in another one of his buddies. I'm all for it. What does Cole Caulfield know? <laughs> Um, this with a Struble situation, I think there's a spot there for him. It's just that uh, his his name is just it's not out there as much, and people aren't talking about him as much. There, the, that that could be that could be a good thing or a bad thing. I I, I know I know his... I, I know when Bergevin picked him and and that that whole team that whole uh, that whole draft, they talk so highly of him based on the fact that he was just an absolute monster at the combine. And uh, I, I wouldn't surprise me if they, if they brought him in, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be disappointed, but I would say that I, I'd be leaning more towards a for sure thing with Farrell. I, I, there's no chance that I say that they let him walk. 
Well, with Struble, um, he did help lead his team to the Beanpot Championship. That's true. Which is That's true. Which is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, he is a leader on his team. He um, and he's he a has taken on a more defensive shutdown guy. Yeah. 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 And he's been playing on the right side quite a bit this year. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be all for it too. Would not, would not have any issues whatsoever bringing him in. Obviously there's room for him right now to yeah. fill in, but what about next year? He's Does only he even in- have a shot. I, I don't think he has a shot making the team and making the NHL team. But um, I, I'd be fine sending him to Laval. Giving him the opportunity there with the amount of injuries they've had over the years, over the last few years, and uh, kind of the uh, revolving door of defensemen that they've brought up from Trois Rivières up to Laval. I'd have no issue with him getting the opportunity to play for Laval. Not at all. Farrell, yes, Struble, no. I don't think they're going to sign Struble. And and the reason I think they're not going to sign Struble is because they have way too many left-handed defensemen. And unless someone True. moves, unless more than one person moves in the offseason, because I do believe Edmondson gets moved come draft. Um I mean they have 47 to 50 contracts. That'll change next year, of course. Yeah. But as of right now, they have three contracts they can sign. Farrell will definitely be one. Um, I don't. I just. I, I. I'm not against what you're saying there, uh, there, uh, 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 Matt. But uh, I just don't see them. I. I think Struble, with Lane Hudson coming up, and and by the way, Struble's only two inches taller than Lane Hudson. Just throwing it out there. Um, he's six foot. Lane Hudson is five ten. Uh Adam Fox is 5'11". Um, uh, I just don't see it. I, there's just way too many left-handed defensemen. And yes, you're right. He can play on the right. But with Logan Mayu coming around, which I think he's going to be probably in the AHL next year. Um, and Be- Justin Barron's probably going to be a starter with the Canadians next year. Wyman still get a year in his contract. He's still got David Savard there. Um Plus, you got to find a place for Jack Eye, Harris, Gooley, uh, Kovacevic. I don't know if he's an RFA or not. Um, Kovacevic is still there next year. Um, still got William Trudeau as well. He's played surprisingly, uh, surprisingly well. Yeah, William Trudeau. I don't think he makes the team either. But no, he's, no, no. He, he, he's still as, in the yeah. same thing as Norlander. Yeah. Oh, right. Norlander's done. I don't think you're going to see right. Norlander ever make the NHL. I was so wrong about that guy. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you still get Trudeau there. Uh, that's about it. Um, but yeah, so no, I, I don't think there's room. I, I made this longer than it needs to be, but no, I don't think there, there's any room for Struble. I no, say Farrell, Farrell, Farrell for sure. Make it make Feral, it happen. Feral yeah. for sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised they signed Struble. Like, don't get me wrong. I just don't see the point. I'm I'm hoping they no, bring he, him in. I, I hope they bring Farrell in for the rest of the like, for the rest of the year. Once his year is done, bring him in. Let's see what he, he got. Yeah. They will. Yeah. They will. Yeah. There's room for him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, keeping to the NCAA, I wrote about a couple of players back at the early in January to keep an eye on. And I've been watching them since. And I still think that the Canadians are 
probably going to be kicking tires at the very least on these guys. And that's a right-handed defenseman out of Minnesota state. And that's Jake Livingstone. He, he's six foot three, by the way, that the fellow from Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Jackson Nelson, he's a center with Minnesota. He's six, four two twenty. He played football in high school, big kid, uh, Big net front presence, a power play specialist, good on faceoffs, can skate fairly well for especially for a guy's size. Now, these are two players that I think they'll probably kick tires on. They might sign one. Livingston, it, I think, is the more likely of the two because he's a right-handed defenseman. And that's the biggest gap in the Canadian system right now. Now, are these two undrafted free agents? Yeah. So they're completely eligible to be signed and join the NHL immediately after their seasons are done. Uh, they can only be signed to two-year ELCs because of their age. So they'll burn the first year and they'll have their second year. So they can pick and choose where they want, but they're, they're not getting any more than a two-year ELC for now, anyone. If they sign them, do they have to go right to the NHL or can I put it in the AHL? They don't have to go to the NHL, but normally what happens when you're trying to entice guys like this, you promise them a couple of games. No, I, I get that. I'm just saying like after that couple of games, can they go to the AHL and help them in their playoff run? Because they're Pretty hurting. Sure they can, for, yeah. They're hurting for defense. Oh, yeah. Like, like it's been so bad. I think there's, I think, uh, Andrew Zardanowski, um, he was saying that the Lions, four players that were signed to the Lions have had more AHL games than they have ECHL games. Uh, yeah, I that's think it's how, Andrew that said that. Yeah, that's how, you know, and of course the Lions had a couple guys that just said, I don't want to play anymore. Um, and Marco brought up the fact that they tried to paper Justin Barron down, but they uh, they weren't allowed because of the injury. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he got hurt right at the wrong time. Day of. <laughs> they were going to paper him down to the AHL. For those who don't know what I'm no, talking about, it's you're not hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Canadians on paper would place these players down in the AHL with Laval and then bring them up later in the day to ensure that they're eligible to play in the AHL playoffs. So now Justin Barron can't, uh, Slavkovsky can't Bazeal. because they were both injured in the NHL. They can't go down. Bazile can't go down. Yeah. Belzo can't go down. Yeah. yeah. Because he would have to go waivers. Yeah, Yalonen. but Yelonen and RHP can't. Yeah. Because yeah. they got papered. Anyhow, that's all I got for today. Um, Matt, got anything else? Uh, my apologies for Kojiko shitting on the show. Uh, they're not one of our sponsors, so I could say that. Uh, <laughs> that's about all that'll I got to say. The, that'll uh, be the title of the show. <laughs> Fuck Kojiko. No, I, uh, I got nothing to pass on. Um, it's another good effort tonight by the Canadians. Just they fell short four four games in a row, uh, one goal games. It's a team tanks happy, and you gotta like the effort that they're playing with, especially against a skilled team like Carolina. But it it is what it is. Not their year, um, and you know second second part of this show talking about the draft. That's what you gotta look forward to. Look forward to Nashville this summer. No, I'm not because they're picking the wrong guy. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know who they're picking. It's just gonna be wrong. Doesn't matter. Whoever it is is wrong. 
we're, I'm hoping there's going to be like a what lady 2.0 there. So then. we're, we're, we're fucked for 10 more years. Sorry. Guys. <laughs> you know, actually the what lady may actually be there because she's from Louisiana. She Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nashville's not that far. <laughs> I just want to tell her, you know, she's, they're picking this guy and not this guy. Right. <laughs> but again, no. Should have listened to me. She wouldn't have done the what thing. She would have known. I still can't believe we met her just before that happened. <laughs> like, what are the odds? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Oh, I want them. Who did she want? Zadina. She wanted. No, Zadina. she wanted to Chuck. Zadina. She wanted to. No, Chuck. she wanted. I'm. I'm positive no, she, she wanted, wanted to Chuck because when we were walking with, beside, we were walking beside Keith to Chuck. We kind of held the door open, and she was saying like, "Go Habs, go!" and doing her little like thing when Brady was walking by. As it was Brady, oh. it was Brady, Matthew, and his father and Keith that were all walking yeah. together. Because I know they were sitting just a couple rows down from where we were. Yes. Um, I thought she was after Zadena. I thought she no. wanted Zadena. No, she wanted my memory. My memory. Now Zidana. I'm older. I'm old, but my memory still thinks Zadena. Because she was talking about the kid from Halifax. Still, I still think it was Brady. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe I drank a little I, bit less than you that weekend. I I drank a lot of alcohol that weekend. <laughs> um, so back in my alcohol drinking days. Um, so you could be right, but I, I thought it was a deep. Either way, she did not want Kotkin. No, she did not. She did not. And when I told her, I said, "You know, they're drafting Kotkin, right?" No, we're gonna take. I'm going to say Zadina. You can say Zadina or Kachuk, whoever remembers it correctly. Um, the vast majority of people wanted Zadina. That's true. They the did. The vast majority, they wanted yeah. uh, Zadina. Um, they didn't want Kachuk. They thought Zadina was going to be the better skilled player, and he ends up being kind of right now. He's the worst of the three. But uh, it's going to fill the Ottawa's and Montreal's puck nets with the puck. You got to play in the NHL first, buddy. Um <laughs> Uh, and then they went with Cotton Yemi, and she was still shocked. I told her, I warned her, I don't know what to say. And she didn't even mention me, didn't even mention me on that little sh- thing she did on the sports net with Ron McLean. So upset. Okay. <laughs> do you have anything to add, Blaine? Yeah, Blaine, do you have anything to add? Thank our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Yes, smaller sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> no name hockey, boxing rock breweries, um, uh, manscaped, seat giant, all of them. Thank you very much for helping bring the show here. Uh, bring the show to you guys. Um, Cryer Media, thank you as well for helping to uh partner with us and the hockey writers, of course, two of our partners. Um also, I want to say to any neo-Nazis watching, please stop. Uh, we hate you, and you should all just fuck off. I'm going to go with the uh, 90s boy band here. Wow. <laughs> You're 90 wow. De- 98 <laughs> degrees off there. <laughs> you should go backstreet, boy. Um, yeah, so for everyone watching, everyone listening, Thank you for interacting with us. Send us more emails. Keep sending them in. Uh, I've got some feelers out for 
uh, a couple of the players that you guys have been asking for to see if they'll actually come on the show. We may get them maybe next week. We'll see. Uh, so again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.